Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent into Kingston, Jamaica. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also, this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing, or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot, or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both, let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Culturama with Diva. Where simplicity is the best thing. My guest today is Mr. Maxwell Ivy from Texas, USA. He is an inspirational guest speaker, book author and so much more. Hi Maxwell, welcome to the program. Hi there, it's good, it's good to be here with you today, thank you. Okay, great. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of who is Maxwell Ivy. Well, I grew up in a family of carnival owners, but I also grew up knowing eventually I was going to lose my vision. Uh, all I ever wanted to do was be in the family business, which I was lucky enough to do with, with my dad and my brothers for about 15 years. After his death, I realized I needed to do something else, so I started a website where I help people buy and sell used amusement equipment. And in my efforts to promote that, people said that uh, I was inspiring them by my willingness to take on these hard challenges. And that mm-hmm. led to the second website. I've written several books, uh, done public speaking. I uh, am an online media publicist, and I have my own podcast, The What's Your Excuse Show. Oh, interesting. So let's just backtrack a little, Maxwell. Tell us, how did you lost your sight and what was life like? Well, I have uh, retinitis pigmentosis, RT. It's a fairly common uh, disease. It's hereditary and it causes you to lose your vision over time. I had good vision until I was four or five and then it started getting uh, less. I had a big drop off in vision when I went through junior high school, about 12 or 13 years old, and it stayed constant for a while after that. That was when I became legally blind and had to start using a white cane and had to start learning how to read Braille. My vision stayed constant until I uh, was in college, and then by the time I had graduated from college, it had gotten down to what it is now, which is light perception, or as I, as I understand it, uh, I'm totally blind. So, Maxwell, tell me, how supportive are the people around you after losing your sight? Well, the people around me, both in my family and at school, were very supportive. Um, I was lucky enough to be in a school district where they had the resources and were willing to uh, invest in, in the students to where we had a, a orientation and mobility specialist that was there to teach me how to navigate uh, streets 
buses, airports, things like that with my white cane. We had a braille instructor that would teach me braille. We had uh, classroom assistants who would try to help find ways that I could continue to do my work with as little um, adaptation as possible. And then when necessary, the, the, the district and sometimes the state would purchase equipment for me. So I think they were very supportive. And my mm -hmm. family, my, my dad and friends were always like, uh, we don't want to see you allow your vision loss to keep you from trying to do things. So I uh, was very encouraging there. Plus, I grew up in a family of, of carnival owners, and I, I believe this about anybody who's in a small business. Uh, there's not a lot of, of uh, sympathy for people, you know, uh, feeling bad about themselves. It's like uh, nobody else around here has everything they want, so don't, don't complain about what you don't have and, and do whatever you can is with, with what abilities, skills, talents, and resources you do have. So, Maxwell, after graduating from college, you, you, you became active in the Eagle Scouts. What is Eagle Scouts and what do they do? Well, that was actually before I, I went to college. I need to correct oh. the Bible. It doesn't read well. Now, every, I keep meaning to do that. Um, I was uh, participating in Eagle Scouts from uh, my freshman year in high school until I graduated, and it was we had a, a troop in the Houston area that was uh, strictly uh, boys and young men with visual dis uh, disabilities or vision loss. It was a community of other people who had similar problems, but also, you know, you learn skills like um, how to accomplish a task, um, things like you know, not tying, sailing, swimming. Um, but the main part, the main thing was being among other boys where being blind was, was, uh, was not, you know, was nothing different than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, spent time out in the woods together or at, uh, at summer camp together or at, at other activities that the scouts put on during the course of the year. So, Max, how many other uh, blind persons are involved in the Eagle Scouts? You know, I don't know how many there are who are in the Scouts. I know nowadays they don't have separate troops for people who are visually impaired. We're included in the troops with all the other, all the other kids. Um, but I know that just, um, just Scouts in general, that um, only, uh, only 1% of the country is people who have achieved the rank of Eagle Scout. And my guess is that if there's if it's one percent of everybody, it has to be a much, much smaller percentage of that that is that is uh, blind or visually impaired. So are you still a Scout member today? I'm still a member. I have attended some meetups for for former Eagle Scouts and as they say once an Eagle, always an Eagle. Uh, <laughs> I would say I, I haven't been able to volunteer at one of the camps or be more involved in it. But um, here in this area, in the Houston area, we have the area council, which is also the the council award. Um, they're they're doing a lot more great scouts. I can't scouting today and have the um, MSP leaders and mentors for the for the boys that are in it now. So I'm. I'm sure I will get more opportunities as they as they grow the alumni part of the organization in this area. So Maxwell, what sorts of things are you involved in as a scout member? 
like I said, I attend the regular meetups, and I'm on a list of people to uh, to be a uh, to to be the person that uh, a scout would go to if they want to achieve uh, one of their skill awards or one of their merit badges. And oh. so, and I have I have applied to participate at uh, one of their summer camps, but um, I was not chosen. There's a lot of people who want to do that too. Thankfully, there are a lot of people who want to help uh, be part of, of uh, teaching the young men uh, the, the more important things of life, which is um, integrity, cleanliness uh, of mind and body, you know, the, the lessons we don't learn in school anymore. So how did you change the scouts and how has it changed you? Well, I don't think I really did change them, but uh, it definitely changed me because it, um, it was... It gave me a sense of accomplishment. It uh, taught me leadership. It, uh, it it showed me how to uh, how to accomplish a big, difficult task by breaking it up into smaller parts and uh, continuing to take small steps until you get to the bigger goal. So, Max, would you recommend the scout movement the scout movement to other blind persons? Yeah, I would. would recommend it to uh, pretty much any young person. I mean, nowadays there are uh, so many kids who uh, don't have the kind of uh, the kind of role models or um, or mentors in their lives, uh, as we can see from you know the, the bullying, the depression, the suicides, things like that. So I think it would definitely be. Uh, any young person, and of course now they uh, they they recently started allowing the children of people who are openly uh, gay or lesbian into the troops. So I really don't think there's anybody who wouldn't benefit from it. Lessons uh, they can learn about uh, self-esteem, leadership, teamwork, those kinds of things would be good for anybody. Okay, interesting. So now back to Max as the business coach and inspirational author. So Max, how did you make this transition? Was it a natural thing? Tell us the process behind this. Well, what happened was um, over the course of about two years, people in my online community, um, namely people like Adrian Smith, who I refer to as my blogging mama and some other people kept telling me that uh, my story was very inspiring. I needed to share it more with other people. And I kept I'm just a guy who shows up every day and works hard to try to support his family. I'm nothing special. But they finally explained to me that there are so many people in the world who don't have a a disability or some physical reason why they uh, aren't going after their goal. But instead, they become comfortable with their lives and they sleepwalk through their days. And the fact that I have a built-in excuse to do nothing and choose to go out and try all these new things and uh, and work to build an online business is the perfect is is the reason why people find me inspiration. So I continue to 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 do what I'm doing and sharing the process as I'm going through it. And as a result, there are many people out there who will. Uh, who have followed my blog or my podcast and who have written in to tell me, you know, Max, uh, when I see you doing these things, it uh, really takes away my excuses. It uh, inspires me. It gives me 
energy and courage to to take some action in my own life. So that's it, it did take the better part of two years from the first time people started saying it to the point where I started the blindfolder.net as a simple effect. So Max, are your clients exclusively blind people or uh, sighted or what? Well, I would say that um, very few of my clients over the, the past few years have been blind. Uh, I don't specifically target blind people or people with disabilities. I uh, I share my story. I do my best to attract people who need who need help. And for the most part, um, I've only had a couple of people who were blind or otherwise disabled. And I offer I offer two types of services. The one thing I do is is to help people get clear on their goals, help them come up with a with a plan as far as the steps they'll have to take, the resources they'll need to acquire to make to accomplish the goal and then uh, show them how to hold themselves accountable and help them hold themselves accountable until they accomplish mm -hmm. the goal they get far, far enough along on the path that they don't need me anymore. The other service I offer is to people who are doing great work but he, who need more exposure and who, even though they're doing great work, don't have the confidence to reach out on their own. And I introduce them to opportunities like uh, podcasts, radio shows, or virtual summits. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so I get people, you know, I get people the opportunity and I, the one thing, the one thing people have said is that has now, now people have asked me to do direct marketing, to do cold calling for them, to do uh, cold mm -hmm. for them or to do social media promotion. The one thing people are always saying, Max, you don't seem to, to be bothered when people tell you no, and that makes you the perfect person to do our, uh, to do the outreach, to get people more exposure. And uh, it, it is it is interesting uh, over the course of time in this second to see how people that I would consider accomplished and uh, don't have the, the don't have the confidence to reach out to somebody and say, hey, you should have me on your podcast or hey, you should have me at your conference. Oh, wow, this is interesting. You have no you have no difficulties with confidence because I've seen the way you reach out to people that have them as guests on your show. Yes. There are some <laughs> that the only way they can get guests is to subscribe to an online service and have people reach out to them because they just don't have they don't believe in themselves enough. You know, their their show could be getting hundreds of downloads every time they post a new episode, but they mm -hmm. still reaching out to somebody and going, Hey, could you come on my show? It, well, for me, you know, I, I'm just really blessed because as soon as I post an episode, somebody's always contacting me to be a guest or, you know, so for me, it's not really it's not really an issue. But as I always say on my shows, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free to send me an email and we work out the time difference and the recording qualities and whatnot, whatnot. So I'm extending my invitation to Maxwell's clients and everybody else's clients out there. Yes, and that, that, <laughs> for some people, there, there are, there's that other group of, of potential guests who they're doing really good work too, and they still have trouble sending you an email. I, to, I see it all the time, and it's and it's always surprising the people who will who will uh, want you to help them because they don't feel comfortable reaching out to somebody to be on a show. You're like, excuse yes. me, you're you're doing better than I am. I mean. 
they're not going to tell you no. They sure, they sure as heck don't tell me no. So, but it, <laughs> there are people who um, who are doing the work, but maybe because they're not making what they think is enough money from it yet, or or quickly enough, or uh, maybe because they have uh, they still have resistance from friends or family about the idea of being a podcaster or being an author, but they will they will have that trouble of sending an email which to me is the easiest way for somebody to tell you no, because it's definitely impersonal when they, when they say, I'm sorry, you're not a good fit. Uh, but there are some people who just can't bring themselves to do it, even though if you look at what they're doing in their lives, they're very accomplished. Mm -hmm. So, Max, tell me, how does your own um, life experiences insp inspires your motivational co coaching sessions? Well, of course, I have had to constantly adapt in my lifetime. The fact that I lost my vision the way I did is a is a great example because I've gone from uh, reading regular print to large text to using a closed-circuit television to having to learn Braille. I've gone from a manual typewriter to electric typewriter to computer keyboard and now to smartphone. Um, and it seems like over the years I had to constantly adapt to my uh, existing vision and then uh, what um, technology or instruction mm -hmm. was to go with that. So that helped. Basically, nobody cares about whatever you got going on in your life. In your life. All they want to know is, are you going to be open on Thursday or Friday night? Can they ride the Ferris wheel and buy a cotton candy or a funnel cake? So you basically get you get it in your head that whatever you have to do, you're going to get open. So there's not a lot of room for the making of excuses. I once had a podcast host tell me that spending 15 years in the carnival business, getting a, getting a show from one town to the next every week, was like a PhD in hustle and muscle. And I try to mm -hmm. remember that because I thought it was a good line, you know, but it's First of all, let me just remind our folks that I'm speaking with Mr. Maxwell Ivey, CEO, book author, motivational guest speaker, and so much more. He wears many, many hats, people, and I'm just really happy to have him on the show despite his busy schedule. So, Max, tell me, uh, what about the success stories of your clients? Have you witnessed any success in their, in their lives? Well, I have uh, one lady who's, uh, her name is Adriana, and she has, in the time I've known her, she has gone from somebody who was writing her first book uh, while while working as an attorney, uh, a, a, a frightened of doing a an interview on a podcast, and not knowing if anybody would want to hear what she had to say, to having now published her fourth book, uh, have... She's, she's won awards, international awards for her writing, uh, for, for the trilogy. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and you know, now she does two or three podcast interviews a month. Um, she has done public speaking. And uh, when she first started with me, she was worried that her being an author, especially an author of, with her career. So uh, in the beginning, she, would not allow her books to be published in Portuguese or released in the Amazon markets in, uh, in South America. 
And now she not only has her books in Portuguese and for sale, but she wow, loves this is great. So, yeah, and I can't take all the credit, but I, I do, I am happy to have been part of her, of her growth as, a, as an author and as someone more willing to put herself out there in the world. And mm -hmm. as a result, she also inspires me to do more and to, and to think that there, there are things I could be doing that maybe I'm, I'm not, you know. It, just because it appears like I've got it all figured out, that doesn't mean there aren't times when I go, you know, Max, uh, in this one area, you've been kind of making excuses and you need to to uh, try to find a way around that and to, uh, and to and to grow yourself. That's, I think, one of the big lessons that I have learned over the years is that we never get to a point where we're done. Unfortunately, a lot of people are looking for that point where they're done, you know, where the growth is completed, they find a, happy, comfortable space where they're, you know, they're producing a podcast or they're writing a book every year or two or, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. or they have the house and they're, they've been working at a job for 10 or 20 years uh, or they've lost the weight down to their ideal weight and they feel like they'll never have to worry about the, about what they eat again. So we, we have this real tendency to want to think we're done, that we've completed something. But the truth is, is we're always a work in progress. And if, if you're not continuing to, to evaluate yourself and see what areas you can make some growth in, then um, you're really not you're really not living. So yes, I'm really happy and keep keep up the good work. It's 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 a motivator and a life changer. So Max, now to your book. Tell us a little bit about your book and what prompted you in writing this book. Well, I've written uh, three books so far, but the first book, uh, Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success, I wrote that book uh, on a dare. A woman was having an online summit, and she challenged me to write the book and to write it with mm -hmm. me. And I started writing the book so I could be part of her online summit. And about a month later, she contacted me again and said that there were four other women involved in the summit, as they had decided better for marketing if it was all women so uh, she told me that I was no longer part of the summit and and but she didn't say anything about the book so I continued writing the book and eventually two or three months later I uh, spoke with my a woman named Lorraine regularly at wordingwell.com who had helped out with some problems on my website and had done some blog post editing and and she worked worked with me to get through the process of editing and publishing the book on Amazon and, and mm -hmm. creation putting it out to where people could buy it both online and in print and so that and that book basically was just about my experiences going from a failed carnival owner to an equipment broker to writing my first book uh, the lessons I learned and it has 11 exercises in it people can do uh, to help get them unstuck and move towards their big goals and it also has my email address in it where people can write to me and share their progress or uh -huh. uh, Ask questions if they're if they're stuck on something. Um, yes. One of the things I realize is that um, a lot of people, when they they read these books or take take a course or go to a seminar, when they get home or when they're through with the book, they're still in the same place because it's still just them pretty much. And I felt like there needed to be at least one person in this reader's life that they knew they could confide in or share their progress uh, or possibly asked for some suggestions when they had setbacks. So against the advice of several other coaches, I did include that in there and encouraged them to report on their progress. And, 
and that's been a really uh, encouraging part of the book because it's you know a lot of times when you write a book you don't get to see the results of the book people yes. are to reach out to you even if you encourage them to do so so it was been a very encouraging part to get those emails over the, the course of the uh, four or five years that came out. And then, uh, my latest book is called The Blind Bloggers New York City Adventures, How You Can Make Your Dreams Come True. And it's about when I competed for and won one of the Amtrak Writers in Residence Awards, the very prestigious writing award. The winners are given a free trip on Amtrak anywhere in the continental United States so that they can get away from their routine, meet new people, be exposed to new scenery, and hopefully get their writing juices going to where they can work on a writing project or while they're traveling or, or get inspiration for it for when they get home. And so I wrote about the process of competing for it, what I was thinking of doing at the time, and then the preparation to go to New York City Knowing that I was going there solo as a totally blind person, uh, mm-hmm. New York, and then you know uh, how it affected me after I got back home, and then I think there's uh, about I think there's 12 life lessons or principles that I recap at the end of the book to help people understand exactly how I was able to take such a uh, a big adventure pretty much all by myself. So, Max, since the publication of these books, in particular the one, in particular the one for twenty fourteen, what has been the responses like thus far? Well, uh, again, people are inspired that I uh, did was able to able to complete and publish a book. There are a lot of people out there who aspire to publish, but they're still talking about it or they've written part of it but haven't found the time to finish it or uh, they they over criticize themselves when they're writing the book and they instead of having written pages or, or chapters they've written sentences and lines uh, so a lot of people have been encouraged and have have, uh, have told me that I inspired them to work on their book and a few people I've seen complete their books um, the other thing is is that uh, it's given me the opportunity to uh, to do public speaking and to, to meet more people face-to-face and uh, to share my stories with them in person and then also to have conversations with them before or after these events. And that's been a great result of, of publishing the books. Um, and then they also help with the podcast. So it's a it's very interconnected, the, the podcast, the speaking, the books, the traveling, and then, of course, my being a guest on other people's podcasts—they all—they mm-hmm. all win credibility, experience. Tell us, tell us, tell us about your podcast. Right, it's called "What's Your Excuse," and uh, I really didn't want that name when I started to have the podcast. But you know, we we did a blog post and we put it down online, and the general response was, "Max, what else would you call it?" So. Uh, And I started out with a co-host because in the very beginning, I didn't believe that I could do it by myself. But after a year or so, Frederick Frederick Bai, who uh, is a really cool guy from Canada who uh, helped me get started, he uh, persuaded me that I didn't need to have him working with me anymore. And and about that time, Zoom came along, which is a a much more accessible platform for a blind uh, podcast host to do interviews. So I listened to him. I started doing them on my own. 
been podcasting with the show now probably three and a half years. Uh, during some of that time, I was having trouble uploading the audio. So right now, I've got about 40 interviews that I'm gradually posting to Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and the other platforms because a lot of people have never heard them because for a, short, for a while, I was, I was having trouble with the audio, so I only posted into video. And if people weren't subscribed to my YouTube channel or following me on Facebook, then they probably didn't see these interviews. So I'm looking forward to getting a lot of that old, a lot of that previously recorded content out there where people can be inspired by it. And my show, I, my goal is to help explode people's excuses. And I do that by interviewing people who have overcome adversity or thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances, people who have struck out on their own and started unusual businesses, uh, experts who have advice and suggestions that's been proven in the real world, and then people who just I'm interested in, um, inspired by, or are just curious about and would like to connect with them and have a conversation. And, Thankfully, the What's Your Excuse show gives me that opportunity because very rarely do people uh, say no when I reach out to, to them to have them on my show. Occasionally, somebody will say, not now, or they'll say, I would like you to read my book or, you know, follow me online for a while first and really get to know me. But usually the answer is yes, or it will be eventually. And sometimes I have to ask more than once, but uh, I find that. People are generally very friendly, very supportive and encouraging online. Uh, people who have also written books or had experiences that they want to share, they're usually, they're, even when they're telling you no, they're doing it in a nice way, which is always good. So uh, I've, I'm looking forward. And in fact, uh, just this week, I was talking with the host of a show called Life After Blindness. I'm going to be on later this week. And I realized that here lately, I've been uh, having people on my show who have reached out to me. It's been a while since I've sat down and said, okay, Max, who would you really like to have on the show? Who are the people that you're like, I really would like to talk to them. And, get me in. and so I'm in the process of coming up with a bucket list of 10 or 12 people that, you know, it's going to be my goal to have them on the show in the next year. And then let people, especially other podcast hosts or aspiring, aspiring hosts, See, like myself. <laughs> oh, like yourself, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, let, let them see the process, you know, because that's one of the things I, I really find that, that um, that's one of the things I do a lot in my blog and podcast that, um, that not a lot of people do, and that is, is I don't just uh, share the results, but I will share the story from the beginning to the end, even the parts of it that are kind of embarrassing or that maybe don't show me to be the 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 smartest person or the most uh, the most prepared or or the kind of person who plans as well as I should have. But you know, as my as my friend Lorraine likes to say, you know, Max, you get yourself into more stuff than anybody I know, but you always find a way to come out of it smelling like a rose. And I'm like, well, that's my carnival background. When you you know, we used to find ourselves in a lot of those situations, and you just go, okay, there has to be a way. What can I do? How can I get us out of this mess this time? And fortunately or unfortunately, that has transferred into my life as a blogger, a podcaster, uh, a traveler, you know, whatever it is I'm doing right now. So I, I, I like to have all of that stuff out there where people can see it because I, 
I think quite often people are scared off by seeing others doing something they want to do, but doing it smoothly and doing it with grace and style with no hiccups. People that are accomplishing big goals, they have roadblocks, they have setbacks, they have hiccups, but very few of them are actually sharing all that stuff as openly as they should be, in my opinion. Interesting. So what advice would you say to those persons who you know they don't know what, they don't know what to do they don't, they don't know who to turn to how can persons contact you and yeah well first if they want to contact me they can go to the blindblogger.net or they can send an email to just ask at the blindblogger.net um, and as far as if they're if they're stuck and they don't know what they want to do going to do next the first thing to do is to start building a community, either online or in person. Pick, pick two or three people that you think are doing what you want to do and reach out to them and express a sincere interest in following their example and asking them to be available to encourage you or to hold you accountable. So, you know, having those people in your circle is very important, as I mentioned. If it wasn't for people like Adrian Smith, I would still be fighting the idea that I could inspire others. So it's very important uh, to remove the negative people in your circle and add back people who can be positive, supportive, and uh, uplifting. Uh, and then the, the other thing I would say is just find one thing that you can do about your goals right right now, today. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. In fact, it probably should be something small because one, it'll be something you can accomplish. Two, it'll be something that will make you feel good when you do it. And three, by accomplishing something small, you'll be more prepared to accomplish something just a little bit bigger. There you have it, folks. CEO, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and book author, Mr. Maxwell Ivy from Texas. Thanks, Max, for coming on the show, and I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it, despite your busy, busy schedule. You want to say hi to anybody out there in the world? <laughs> well. I'm sure that I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting the meeting people from your audience. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time yourself to prepare for the interview and to have me on. Um, yes. The one thing I, I like to make sure I always cover is that very few hosts of shows are doing this uh, for financial reward, and even fewer of them are getting rich from doing a podcast. So it's usually a sense of obligation they feel a need to help people like me give us a place to share our stories and encourage others um, or they started off doing it for themselves uh, sharing their own experiences and then they wanted to have people to have conversations like this so it, it's generally out of passion not out of any uh desire to make money so i can make sure yes. i uh, and tell you how appreciative i am of the time effort and financial investment you make in putting the show out there so thank you very much for that and it's just not a problem. I always tell people to focus on my ability and not my disability. That is what is beating people. They're focusing on the other way around, uh, you know. So I, I do my show to, you know, put it out there. There you have it, folks. Mr. Maxwell Ivy for this episode segment called Inspirational Moment. Remember, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. Blessings. We are in a Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. 
we encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. Big thank you to my studio engineers, Mr. Sidney Thorpe from Kingston, Jamaica, Mr. Damien Rose from Kingston, Jamaica, and Mr. Gary Kemmer from Monroe, Louisiana. Thank you guys for ensuring that the production goes well.